I was thinking this morning and knowing that we had a lot to do in the program today, thought about what the Lord would like for me to share in these few minutes that we would have together before we would go today. And I began to think about all these kids. I've been here at VBS every night this week and I've been observing these kids. And so the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about our kids and um, took me to a passage of scripture here in Psalm 127, beginning at verse 3, where the psalmist said that children are a gift from the Lord. But not only are they a gift, the Bible also says that they are a reward from Him. Now, a gift is something that is willingly given without a cost, but a reward is something that is given in recognition of accomplishment or of success. And so the Bible says that God has given us children and that they are a gift from Him and a reward from Him. So I want you to look up in these galleries here this morning at these gifts and rewards that God has given us. Can we thank God for these precious kids today? Last week on Father's Day, I talked to you about how important it is that we're bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. That is, that we are men and women of character and integrity and that that's so much important, much more important than any accomplishments or success that we might have on the outside. And that's important because of the responsibility that we as parents have toward the children that God has gifted us with. The psalmist goes on in this passage of scripture and said that children born to a young man are like sharp arrows in a warrior's hands. I want you to notice he didn't just say any kind of an arrow, he said a sharp arrow. Which means that this man has spent time developing and preparing these arrows. And one thing that we need to be aware of today is that the direction of an arrow is determined by the aim of the archer. And so we as parents have a responsibility to develop, to sharpen our children so that when we release our children, they will go in the direction not necessarily we want for their lives, but that God wants for their lives. And so I began to think about what are some things that children need from us as parents. Now, you may be here this morning and you may already be zoning out on me and saying, well, I don't have any kids. Well, yes, you do. You have children. They, they may not be your children, but you may have nieces, you may have nephews, you may have grandkids now, or maybe you're a spiritual mom or a spiritual father that God wants to use you to pour into, to mentor, to invest into the next generation. And so I want to just share with you this morning a few things that our kids need from us as parents. And the most important thing that kids need from us as parents is our kids need compassion. Now by compassion, here's what I mean. They need unbelievable, unconditional love from us. Our kids need to know that no matter how many mistakes they make, no matter how many times they fail, we still love them. Amen? Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men or of angels, whether I speak in an earthly language or a heavenly language, 
He said, if I do not have love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. That means you can be the most spiritual person on the face of the earth or appear to be a spiritual person, but if you don't love your kids, it's like a clanging cymbal or a sounding brass. He goes on and he says this. He said, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Notice that. He said, though I have the gift of prophecy, and though I understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. What is the old adage? It says our kids don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. You can be prophetic. You can appear to have all knowledge. But if you don't have love, it doesn't impress your kids one bit. You can even have faith enough to move mountains, but that doesn't impress your kids nearly as much as how much you love them. You, 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 you could do a number of things. The Bible goes on and even says this, though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. You can make the ultimate sacrifice for your kids. But do you do it out of a motivation of love? Because what impresses kids are, do you really love them? And listen, these little guys, they know. Sometimes they know our motivation better than we know our motivation. And so here's what the Apostle Paul said about love. He said that love is patient and kind and love never gives up. Love, love, love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. Now we could paraphrase that and we could read it like this. Parents are patient and kind. I thought I'd get a, a little bit of amen from some parents there. How many of you who are in that season of parenthood right now or have been through that season of parenthood, how many of you know it requires patience? And not just, not patience to wait, but to wait kindly on them. Parents are patient and kind. Pa parents, look at this, never give up on their kids. Notice, parents never lose faith in their children. Parents are always hopeful of their children. Parents endure with their children through every circumstances. And parents will always be there for their children. They never leave them. They never forsake them. Now, who is our model for being a parent? Who is our model for being a father or a mother? Our heavenly father. That's who. And the Bible tells us that our heavenly father, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. That he loves us perfectly. He loves us unconditionally. And you've heard me say it before, and you will hear me say it again and again and again. That just simply means that you cannot do anything to make God love you more than he loves you right now, and you could never do anything anything that could make God love you less than he loves you right now because his love for you is perfect. Our kids need that kind of love. They need that kind of compassion from their parents. So how can we express that? Well, one way that we can express that is by showing our kids affection. I know some of you say, well, we're just not an affectionate bunch. Well, you need to be because your kids need to feel that compassion. They, they need for you to appropriately touch them and hug them because if you don't do it appropriately, they will respond to someone later down the road who does it inappropriately. 
affection. Our kids need to feel that love. But not only affection, we also can love them and show them our, our compassion by giving them our attention. You know what? The, one of the greatest things you can do for your kids is just listen to them. Sure, it may not make sense. I'm sure you had some conversation with your parents at times that didn't make any sense. And you wanted to butt in and you wanted to give your opinion. But sometimes all your kids need is for you to just listen to them. And then another thing that they need is they just need you to affirm them. I think every single day our kids need to hear their parents say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. It's compassion. Our kids need compassion. But then here's something else that our kids need. Our kids need counsel. They need advice. They need direction. They need wisdom. And listen to me. They want to get that from their parents. They really do. Listen to what the Bible says here in Proverbs 22 and 6. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And whose responsibility is that to train up a child in the way that they should go? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 6 says that you, notice, he's talking here to parents. He's not talking to the government. He's not talking to the public school system. He's not talking to the church. Well, I put them in a good church. I put them in a good private school. That should be enough. No, it isn't. The responsibility to teach children the commands of God lies solely on the parents of that child. And then all that the church and the school can do is reinforce what is already being taught in the home. I should get a good amen right there. I should. But notice, in order for that to happen, here's what he said has to happen first. He said, you must. That means it's not optional. He said, you must commit yourselves. That is, we as parents must commit ourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that God is giving. And then he said, repeat them again and again to your children. How many of you know when your kids are little and even when they get a little older, you got to repeat it to them over and over and over and over again. And sooner or later, they'll hear it. Sooner or later, they get it. And, and, and those of you kids and teenagers that are here this morning, let me just remind you, you don't know everything yet. I know you think you do, but all of us have brain damage till we're 21. And, and that, is, that is a biological fact that our brains are not fully developed until we are 21 years old. So you may think you've already learned everything. You may think that you know everything, but you don't. And God has put parents, God has put grandparents in your path, in your life to give you counsel, to give you advice, to give you wisdom and direction. He said, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're away on a journey, when you're lying down, when you are getting up. In other words, the best way to teach your children, there's, there's really three ways. Number one is by example. Number two is by example. Number three is by example. Yeah, that's the best way to teach your children. That's what he's saying. He said, tie these commands on your hands as a reminder. Wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Our kids need counsel. They need advice, and they need it from godly parents. But here's a third thing that kids need. Now, they'll never, they'll never admit this. None of us would admit this growing up. 
but we need correction. By that I mean our kids need to be disciplined. I didn't expect to get any amens from the galleries. But some of you parents, you, you need to be supporting me a little bit more here today. You're leaving me out here by myself today. But kids need correction. Kids need discipline. And the reason why is because they do get off track sometimes. We all do. And thank God we have a heavenly father who loves us enough to discipline us. And to keep us on the right track, Proverbs 13, 24 says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So he tells us that discipline there should be done quickly. There's nothing worse for a kid than waiting on discipline. <laughs> Believe me, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And, and for a period of time, we lived about 20, 25 minutes away from the church. And usually, I would act up on Sunday. I know you can't believe that. But in church, I would act up. And my dad would say, son, when we get home, you're going to be disciplined. And I would have that 30-minute ride home to think about that. I'd rather just let it happen and let's get it over with right here in front of God and everybody. But he said he disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 6, 19 and 18 says, Discipline your children while there is hope. In other words, don't wait 16 pounds and 100 or 16 years and 150 pounds too late to start disciplining them. But while there is hope, and he said, if you don't, you will ruin their lives. And I know some parents that think they will ruin their kids' lives if they discipline them. No, the Bible says we ruin their lives if we do not discipline them and then in Hebrews this is what the Bible says about our Heavenly Father the Bible says my child don't ignore it when the Lord disciplines you has anybody here ever been disciplined by the Lord mm-hmm oh yeah I got the marks to prove it and don't be discouraged the scripture says when he corrects you for the Lord disciplines those that he loves how many of you have heard this? Son, I'm doing this, or daughter, I'm doing this because I love you. Yeah. How many of you felt really loved growing up? <laughs> I told my dad one time, I said, I'm a I feel a little bit sorry for my brother and my two sisters because y'all didn't love them nearly as much <laughs> as you loved me. I got all the love. It says the Lord disciplines. He disciplines those that he loves. One scripture even says that God only disciplines those who are his children. Sometimes you wonder, well, why isn't God doing something about those unbelievers? Why isn't God doing something about evil people? They're not his kids. Just like you don't discipline somebody else's kids, God is not going to discipline the devil's kids. Believe me, they get their own discipline. They, they, they suffer the consequences of their own choices. God only disciplines his kids. God disciplines those that he loves. And then notice what he says. I love this. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> no, it's not. But it is painful. Now, this tells me that God doesn't do time out. <laughs> now, maybe...
Now listen, how you discipline your kids, that is totally up to you. I'm not getting into your business. And if timeout works, then go for it. Then that, that's what you need to do. But timeout would have not been painful to me. He, he said, it's painful. But he said, afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You see, discipline promotes growth. And our kids will never grow if we do not discipline, if we do not correct them. Here's another thing that our kids need from us. Our kids need confidence. And let me tell you, this world does a great job at destroying the self-esteem of our kids, of telling them what they cannot do, what they could never be. And the last thing they need to hear is that when they get home. I think about Moses when Moses was about to die and God had raised up Joshua to step into Moses' position of leadership and Joshua felt so inadequate. Joshua felt that there was no way he could ever step into and fill the shoes of Moses. And so what did Moses, his spiritual father, do? He gave Joshua confidence by the words that he spoke into his life. And he said to Joshua, he said, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's what our kids need to hear right there. If God put it in your heart, you can do this. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Take courage and know that God is going to be with you every single step of the way. Amen. Yes, he will. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That is words that are destructive. But what is good for necessary edification, that word edification means building up, encouraging. Notice, because he said, when you speak the right words to your kids, it will impart grace to the hearers. And do you know what grace is? Grace is when you believe that with the help of God, you can do things that you could never do without the help of God. And you're, you're helping your kids to believe in themselves. You're helping your kids to believe that they can do what God's put in their heart to do. That that dream, that vision that God has instilled in them, that God has planted on the inside of them, that yes, they can do this with the help of God. Amen? And you know, that would be something good here in the church too. We talk about honor and honoring one another and the best way we can do that is with our words. And when we come together as the family of God, we need to be building each other up. We need to be looking at our brothers and sisters and saying, hey, I know you can do whatever it is that God has put in your heart to do so that grace has been imparted to them. Amen. Here's another thing kids need, and I'm almost done here. Kids need Celebration. This is just another way of saying kids like to have fun. Kids, do y'all like to have fun over here? Somebody does. Kids, y'all like to have fun over here? I know you do, Ava. I know you like to have fun. You are a party animal. I'm so proud of Ava Lee. Yesterday, she was out here to run the fun run, and she made the announcement. Bless her heart. She took the microphone, and she said, all right, 
on your mark, get set, go. And man, she took off running and tripped on the mic cord and fell <laughs> face first on that asphalt out there. Next thing you heard was, ah! <laughs> but you know what she did? In her pain, she got up and she ran that entire race. I was so proud of her. And she didn't walk across the finish line. She sprinted across the finish line. It was awesome. You know, our Heavenly Father is a fun father. The Bible says in Zephaniah 3.17, that's all right, kids, you can help me preach. Don't bother me one bit. It says about our Heavenly Father, it says that he will rejoice over you. Do you know what that word rejoice means? In the original Greek, it means that he dances over you. What? God dances? Yes. Every time he thinks about his kids. It says that he rejoices over you with gladness. And then it says that with his love, he will come all your fears. He will exult over you by singing a happy song. God is a happy God. And he loves his kids. And every time he thinks about his kids, he does a little dance around the throne of God and then he begins to sing a song over you. Oh, I like that. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 says that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Ecclesiastes 11 and 8 says, however many years a man may live. Now get this, let him enjoy them all. I want to enjoy every year that God allows me to be here on this earth. I want to live life to the fullest. And when I get together with my kids, I'm going to have fun with my kids. I may even make a fool of myself sometimes, but I don't care what anybody else thinks. I just want my kids to know that home is a place where they can come and expect to have fun with mom and dad. And you know what? I just want to say this this morning. I know I keep kind of just referring to the church today, but here in the family of God, when we come together, we ought to be able to have fun with each other. Even on Sunday morning, we ought to be able to have fun. We need to learn how to just loosen up and lighten up and have fun with each other. Come on, let's enjoy ourselves together. Amen. Here's another thing kids need. They need challenges. Well, I'm wound up this morning. That race didn't take nothing out of me yesterday. <laughs> Our kids need challenges. That is, you need to give them opportunities to be stretched. Opportunities to be stretched. Well, I've learned that if I want it done right, I'll just do it myself. And you'll do everything yourself because no one will ever be able to do it just like you do it. But you've got to release them. You've got to give them opportunity to be stretched. And you can start with some small opportunities. Listen, what Luke 16 says. It says, unless you are faithful in small matters, you will not be faithful in large ones. You see, when we teach our kids to be faithful with small things, they learn how to be faithful with large things. Much responsibility. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're not faithful with other people's money, why should you be trusted with money of your own? Our kids need to learn that this is God's principle of stewardship and responsibility. And the only way they'll learn responsibility, the only way they'll grow is when we give them opportunities to be stretched. And then here's the final thing our kids need from us. And I know there are more. 
But all that we're going to take time to talk about this morning, kids need consistency. Listen to me, mom and daddy. As much as they need your love and your compassion, they need you to do what you say you're going to do. They need you to be a person of integrity. And again, we go back to the example of our Heavenly Father. And Tanya, you can go ahead and prepare for our time of prayer this morning. But listen to what the Bible says about our Heavenly Father. In Psalm 145, verse 13, the Lord is faithful to all His promises. And that is the standard that our Heavenly Father has given to us as earthly parents. He is faithful to all His promises. If you make a promise to your kids, because let me tell you what inconsistent parents do. Inconsistent parents produce insecure children. They never know who they can believe. They never know who they can trust. But the Lord is faithful to all of His promises. And Numbers 23 and 19 says this. It says that God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should repent. Has He said and will not do? Or has He spoken and will He not make it good? No, because when God makes a promise, He fulfills that promise. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. And his children are blessed after him. You want children who are blessed? Be a man, be a woman of integrity. Because they will be blessed after you. They will carry on that blessing. And then notice what Ecclesiastes 5 and 5 says. It's better to say nothing than to promise something that you don't follow through on. Kids need consistency. I'm going to ask this morning, because I have really felt in my heart that today we need to pray over our kids. Well, thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you as our guest here at Summerton Church of God. The Lord has given us a vision to transform our community, and we're going to do that by eliminating the darkness through being light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And so we're going to be who Jesus says we are. We worship together every Sunday at 1045. And we would love to have you and your family as our guests.